Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service today as we're leaning into God and allowing Him to transform us, to speak to us. Before I get into the Word today, just a couple things. One, I just want to do a shout-out to Jeff Jail. Men and women, we want you to know that we love you. We believe God has a plan for you, and he's working, working in your life, and we know that. Another thing, just want to acknowledge this weekend as being a Memorial Day weekend as we honor those who have laid their lives down for, for our country. And though we are limited in some, some areas where we're um, doing church, we also, though, are not limited in preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, um, gathering together, which we're, we're going to be gathering and a drive-in service on June 7th, so please look for those details um, to, to, to come ahead and, uh, and to clarify that. But also, we want to let you know that we are making plans for re-entry into us coming back and us worshiping together in this room. And I want you to know, I miss you. I will be so happy when there are bodies in this room and I can see your faces and we're so thrilled. That, uh, that we're making these, this progress, and we just, we just want to make sure that us coming back is safe, it is sanitary, but it's also very spiritually significant for us that we can really take a step forward as a church together. So we're putting all those plans together. We're looking at mid to, to late June, but we're going to keep you updated. We're also going to be giving you the information on how we're going to be doing that so that you can feel confident for us to come back together and worship and that you can continue to connect with God. And so that, that's something else we're going to be offering. Still, if you choose to worship online, you are more than, more than welcome to do that or to gather live however it is that you want to do that, but we just want to make that available to you. So, my friends, listen, we have just experienced God's presence in such a powerful way in worship, and God wants to continue to speak to us, and I'm concluding this series, Be Free, today, and I was actually going to conclude it last week, but this week I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me to do one more message, and this message is really, it's, it's, a, it's a message of us as family. That, you know, the Word of God speaks to us daily, and the Word of God guides us as a family. And the Word of God can, can, can speak to us, encourage us, correct us, realign some things in our life so that we can be what God has called us to be. And so this last message, I titled it, of this Be Free series, I titled it, The Flesh Versus the Spirit. And so last week we looked at keeping in step with the Spirit, but now... I want to look at the contrast of the flesh and the spirit that Galatians 5 looks like. Now, this is a very practical message, very practical. So I want you to open your heart today and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to receive from the Word of God, receive from the Holy Spirit in all of our lives because we need God to do something in our lives. You know, we are in a very difficult time and the stress level of people is rising to the surface. And that's just the reality. And so people are under stress. And when people are under stress for a long time, it tends, let's just be honest, it tends to bring the worst out of us. And as this pandemic goes on and all the different, um, all the different closures and things like that are, are going on, we are not always at our best. And I think everybody can say amen to that. This, this is not bringing the best out of us. But I will say you this, it's a gift to us to reveal to us the areas that God wants to speak to. 
Because the fact is this, as stress gets a little more, we become a little bit more irritable. We become a little bit more impatient. Does anyone have found that through this time? We can become more self-centered, meaning we're, we're, just, we're just protecting ourselves, our own ways, what we think. And also when people are in a crisis like we're in today, they also look for someone to blame. They look for scapegoats. And they become weary. And then they become fearful of people. Now listen to me. We become fearful of people that are not like us. That don't see things the way that we see things. And this is a difficult time. But God has given us hope. And he's given us encouragement from his word. And we are to be people of God's spirit. You are people called by God. Whether you feel that way or not, you are called by God. His mark is on your life. And he wants to use you. But he also wants to speak to us and shape us along the way. So the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And today, the Word of God with the, with the Holy Spirit, I'm believing is going to pull the curtains back of our hearts. And we're going to see it all for what it is. But we're going to see it with God's grace as the filter. And so even when we are in difficult situations like this, the Lord wants to use it to make us and to shape us so that we can be the life givers he's called us to be and we can live the life that he's promised he'd give us, which is life to the fullest. So as we look at the word, it's important to know that the word is what we go to to define who we are. It's not our emotions. It's not our feelings. It's not a blog. It's not uh, some YouTube channel we watch. It's not Fox. It's not CNN. It's not the White House. The word of God defines who we are. And how we're to live our lives on this earth that God has gifted us. He has is, he is planted us here for a season, for a time. He's intersected time and geographical locations to put us right where we are. God has entrusted you with this pandemic. He has. You were born and he knew, oh, at this point, this is what they're going to be going through. And I am entrusting them to represent me in this time because I believe in them. But we look to the word out of James chapter 1. Listen to this as, as again, we're looking to the word to speak to us today. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. So it's, it's a mirror that we look at. Okay, that, God, okay, that's what, I'm, that's what you're calling me to be. And Lord, I got a lot of work to do, but that's my goal. But if they look at it and don't do what it says, like looking in a the mirror, then after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he's supposed to look like, immediately forgets the life he's supposed to live and the grace he's seeking God, he, the grace he's seeking God to help him live this life. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, so the, the word of God gives us freedom and continues it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. Now listen, this is what I want for you today. They will be blessed in what they do, my friends. I want you blessed. God wants you blessed. And so we're going to conclude this message today, or this series today, with an opportunity to be blessed. God wants you to live the blessing in your life. He wants you to live it out. He wants you to, to receive freedom. And as we submit to his word, we receive 
the freedom of his spirit. Paul takes some time in this passage out of Galatians chapter 5. And he is contrasting relationships. I I hope you know this, that most of the New Testament, much of it, is talking about how we relate to one another in relationships in the body of Christ. Every book in the New Testament that Paul's writing to the churches, there's a section in there about, hey, I need to encourage you on how to treat each other. And we're in that season right now. We need to be encouraged on how to treat each other. Actually, it's not just how we treat, how we think about each other. And so Paul is contrasting relationships of the flesh and relationships of the spirit. Because there are, there are two types of relationships in the body of Christ. We can be in the spirit and have the nature of the spirit as we interact, interact and view and love each other. Or we can be in the flesh. And so Paul is addressing these interactions today. God's addressing them today in our families, church family, friends, and our neighbors. So I'm going to read a good portion of Scripture today looking at the contrast of the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Again, I want you to remember today that Paul is writing to a church, writing to people just like you and me, but he's giving instructions about how they're to live their lives because they were facing some difficult times as well. So let's jump in. Galatians chapter 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. This is actually where I got the name of the series. But do not use your freedom to indulge in flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, which this is what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So here we have these two two aspects. We have the flesh that wants us to go down one way with our thoughts and our thinking towards people and things and actions. Then you have the Spirit. They are contrary And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want or feel or think. In other words, we are not, we, me, my mind, your mind, who we are, we are not to do what we want. As people of the spirit, and that's who you are, we're to do what God wants. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And so here they are. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And the, there's these first few that they're, they're big ones. Boy, we, we, we like to point these out all the time. Ha ha, see, acts of the flesh, sin, sin, sin. But after he gets through the, 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 the acts of the flesh, the first part, he starts leaning into relationships. But let's read this. Acts of the, of the flesh are obvious. Sexual morality, yes, we get that. Impurity, yes. Debauchery, which simply means the, 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 uh, the inability to say no to your flesh idolatry, witchcraft. Amen, those are wrong. Now hang on a second. And then he also leans into this. Hatred, now this is relational. Discord, this is relational. Jealousy, this is relational. Fits of rage, this is relational. Selfish ambition, this is relational. Dissensions, factions, envy. And then he goes back into these other actions, drunkenness, orgies and the like. 
I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now remember, he's writing Christians, okay? He's writing. Let's just pretend he's writing this letter to Faith Bible Chapel. He's writing to everyone who's joining right here. This is who he's writing it to. And so he's addressing all of us in our different journeys with God. But then he contrasts the other side. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, now listen to this, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is being faithful in in relationships, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and, and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the passage that really gives the aspects of how we treat each other. The Bible spends so much time talking to us about our relationships. This is what Paul is doing. You know, he's pointing them and God's pointing us today to what our relationships should be like. And so, again, pulling the curtains back and saying, Lord, what, what areas of my life have I been living out of the flesh in my relationships? Because this church that he wrote this to had some strained relationship through difficult times. Guess what? Christians are having some difficult, strained relationships through this very difficult time. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that relationships are a little strained right now? And when we're under tension, we tend to be less tolerant of differences. Now, I'm not talking about biblical differences. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments difference. I'm talking about differences of preference, differences of what we're thinking and processing. And all of a sudden, when we're under stress, we begin to be a little bit more judgmental and prejudiced towards other people that don't see things our way. Those types of reactions where we become judgmental and angry and frustrated and our blood pressure goes up and we begin judging people Those are types of reactions of the flesh the Bible calls self-centeredness and fleshly. Now, have we all done it? Yes, we have. But that's why we are people of the King. That we allow the Word of God, as we read earlier, to be the mirror. So it's not surprising that during this pandemic of COVID-19 that tensions have increased and people are on the edge and stressed out. But please hear me today. Again, this is a gift to you because this difficulty has given us time for the Lord to do something amazing in our lives, amazing in our church, amazing in softening our hearts so that we can be what he's called us to be. And this pressure reveals of how much of our lives is led by the spirit or led by the flesh. Remember, they are in contrast with each other. They are in conflict with each other. So I want to look at seven consequences of living by the flesh and seven benefits of living by the spirit as believers today. So consequences of the acts of the flesh. Number one is strife. Listen, strife is a very difficult thing, but when we are operating out of the flesh. This is in all of our relationships. Strife. There's this this edge about us. There's this passage out of James that, that says this, 
where envying and strife is, there is confusion. Now, look, look, look at this. And every evil work. It's interesting. When you look at, at things starting to, to get out of line in people's homes or families or attitudes and spirits, listen, it's because there is strife. And there is, out of that strife came confusion, and now there is every evil work. The flesh, hear me today, and let's, let's examine our hearts today. The flesh searches for things to fight about with other believers. We're looking for a, for, a, for, a, for a wrestling match. We're looking for something to tell you you're wrong. That's not of the spirit, my friend. That's of the flesh. And here's what's even interesting. Even if you're saying the same thing, the flesh says, oh, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. And then you talk, and then you're like, uh, you just said the same thing. It's the act of the flesh. And let me, let me just be honest with you. Pressure makes us fight over things. We don't even know why we're fighting. But it's the flesh. Another consequence of the flesh and the acts of the flesh is this. Our influence decreases. So here we have the call of God on every believer on your life is to be an influence, to be a light, to be one who pushes the kingdom um, forward. And, and we have the mind of Christ and, we, and God wants us to, to take dominion and, and to rule and to reign as he called us to do from the Garden of Eden. But when we live by the flesh or we don't address these things in our life, our influence decreases. So when we function from the flesh, we lose influence as a believer. Look, look at what Jesus said out of Matthew 5, 5.13. You are the salt of the earth. That's you, my friend. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty? Again, in other words, if you're the salt, you're salt of the earth. But, but if the salt Loses his salt. If you, you, so you're to be a person of the spirit, but when you begin to live by the flesh, you lose your saltiness. How can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. When we live by the flesh, this is what happens. People stop listening to you. They just stop. The moment you demonstrate the acts of the flesh, anger, hatred, Discord, disunity, selfish ambition, gossip. The moment that you begin doing that, your words are no longer heard because your motives can no longer be trusted. Another consequence of living by the flesh that we don't, we, we don't want to. But this is God saying, hey, I, I, this, these are the areas I just want to address today. Number three for me, this is a big one. It misrepresents Christ to our world. When we live by the flesh, we are misrepresenting the spirit of Jesus that saved us, transformed us, wants to do something in us and through us. As believers, we're called to be Christ witnesses to the world for our lives to emulate what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But when we have this, this flesh hanging off and frustration and anger and easily offended and suspicious and judgmental, it misrepresents Jesus. Look at 2 Timothy. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling 
about words, about words. You know what this is? About preferences, about no, this is what it means, this is what this means. No, this is real, this isn't real. No, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. Look, it is of no value and only, listen, ruins those who listen. I don't want to ruin anybody. I, 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 I don't want anybody to be ruined because I am living by the flesh. I want to represent my Jesus well. This consequence of the flesh in my life, it breaks my heart. But that's my attitudes. That's your attitudes, your reactions, your words tell the world. When, when you're living by the flesh, it tells the world that Christ came to save, that he died on the cross for, that Jesus is something that he's not. This fills me with holy fear. I want to represent him well, and I know you do too. Another consequence of living by the flesh is number four, it hardens others' hearts against truth. This is, this is the reality. When we are living in the flesh, when there are areas of our life that are living in the flesh, and we're not addressing them, it hardens others' hearts against truth. When really God called us to use us to soften people's hearts so they could receive the only truth that can transform their lives. It's very difficult for anyone to receive truth from a messenger that is harsh, not loving, red-faced, mad, frustrated, and mean. Think about this for a minute for, for in your life. Think about those who made the most impact on your life. Think about those. And when you start thinking about them, those who caused you to make some changes in your life and encouraged you, they were kind, loving, Christ-like, and gentle. That's why you are who you are today, because someone demonstrated the fruit of the Spirit. Remember Romans 2.4, we've, we've heard this before, but God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God himself knew that kindness is what softens the heart. It's what makes him attractive. People don't come to God because they're persuaded and pushed. They come to him because they're attracted. And since you are to be the messengers of the gospel, they receive your message because you're attractive, not because you're harsh. But the acts of the flesh keep people from hearing the message of Jesus. Truth is very important. It's very important. And I, I, I've committed my life to declare the truth. I've committed it. But truth without love pushes people away. Love without truth keeps people in their sin. It is the balance of truth and love. It's the balance of the fruit of the Spirit and the message of truth. Number five, the consequence of living by the flesh is it hardens our hearts from correction. I'm sure all of us remember a time in our own lives where we, we, we did not want to be corrected. Nobody likes correction, okay? Nobody. I, I, it, I doubt anyone after being disciplined by their parent was like, thank you so much for, for putting my nose in the corner or giving me a timeout or smacking me on the rear end. I promise you, there was no kid that was like, man, I'm so grateful. No, nobody likes this. But as believers, we know scripture says the word of God is for correction for us. 
If your heart, if your heart is hardened, you can't be corrected. Lives lived by the flesh are completely opposed to correcting or reasoning. Those who live by the, by the flesh in this area, you cannot be corrected. You cannot, now here, here, here's this one, you cannot tolerate another opinion except for your own. And even right now, because I said that, you're mad at me. But this is so important for us to understand. Proverbs writes about an individual who was living from the flesh, doing what he felt, And he had hardened himself against instruction and correction. And at the end of his life, look at this. You will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers nor turn my ear to instructions. And I was soon in serious trouble, living by the flesh, being prideful, not being correctable, will very quickly get you into serious trouble because it robs your joy. Number six. A, a consequence of the flesh. If you live by it, it poisons relationships. This is right now what I, what I really sense the enemy's trying to do in believers, Christians across the board, trying to poison relationships because we are not recognizing our attitudes of the flesh. I, man, I've had to come to grips through some, through some of this too, and I know you have. But we're not recognizing, and it's poisoning our relationships with one another. Remember this passage. The the writings of the New Testament to the churches are addressing relationships. And the flesh poisons relationships. And that whole whole idea of the flesh is just pride. Can't be corrected. Can't be told what to do. Can't consider anything else except for my own thoughts or my own opinions. The flesh, hear me today is all about the flesh. It's pride. It's what caused Lucifer to destroy his relationship with God the Father. It's the number one issue in broken homes, broken friendships, broken families, broken church relationships and marriages. Pride says that I'm more important than you. My thoughts are more important than yours. Certain people are less important than me. And here's the fact. We are called to be people of wisdom. And wisdom values relationships over being right. Please hear me. It values relationships even over information. And let me tell you, we're getting a lot of information today, aren't we? All over the place. Knowledge, information shows up on tests. But listen, wisdom shows up in relationships. Fruit of the Spirit shows up in relationships. And when I have a relationship where I treat you less than you deserve because we differ from some thought of what we should do or shouldn't do, when I look down on you because I don't agree with your version of things, it just shows, listen, it shows that I'm living by the flesh. It shows that I'm being foolish. It shows I'm being not wise. And those relationships are poisoned by the flesh. The last consequence is this, number seven. Living by the flesh, it will kill, steal, and destroy our lives and those around us. Galatians 5.14 says this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. So the entire law that was ever been written, the Ten Commandments, everything is summed up in this one. Love the Lord. Sorry, love your neighbor 
as yourself. So this, this, entire, this entire law of relational law, one had to do, Jesus said earlier in, in when he was, before he died and rose again, he said the entire law can be something that love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor is yourself. So one is your relationship with God, the other is your relationship with others. Again, it's all relational. But in this aspect, love your neighbor as yourself. Again, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Hear me today. This will not be in our church. We're going to be different because you're different, because you're people of the Spirit, because you're willing to listen to this word and examine in your own life. I want to be a person of the Spirit. We're living in a time right now where there's more division, more angry words, more flesh on display for all the world to see in our churches, in our, in our Christian lives. And we are more aware of our flesh than, than, than ever because we feel the pressure. There is more division in our society, in our church. And this is a challenging time. From other pastors I've talked, through, talked to throughout the nation, this is what we know. It's a very common theme among Christians. We have Christians that are getting mad at pastors for not re-entering into the church building. They're mad about it. We have pastors getting mad at Christians for not wanting to re-enter or wanting to open, and they don't. So both sides. We have Christians accusing other Christians of lacking faith or accusing others of not using wisdom. We have Christians casting judgment towards others who wear masks or casting judgment on those not wearing masks. Much of the scripture, my friends, is about our attitudes towards each other. And God's called you to be people of the Spirit. Listen to this passage out of Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, ra rather in humility. Look at this. Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest. So let me just challenge you today. Is the most of your language about your interest? Or is it about how can you serve someone else's interest? I would say if you were to measure that out, you might find that it might be about self and not about others. But each of you to the interests of others. Imagine a church, man, imagine a church where we actually consider the, the interests and concerns of others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. For many, and listen, I understand. Please hear me today. We want some absolutes in this situation. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? You tell me. What does it mean when you do? What does it mean when you don't? We want one way that everyone should manage the situation. And because that's what makes, it, makes us feel comfortable because all of us feel out of control. And so it's, it's easier if we can just control one thing and make everyone feel that way, then finally we have some peace. But my friends, listen to me. Listen to my heart today. It's not that simple. Just not. We all have a uniqueness of personality. We all have a uniqueness of responsibilities and people that we're responsible for, all of us do. We all have a, a uniqueness in our walk with God and what journey we're on and a uniqueness of circumstances, all of us do. This is not just black and white as we want it to be. Even in scriptures we find situations that at first that seems contradictory. 
You're like, oh, wait a minute. I thought what he, he said here was, he said the opposite here. But as you look deeper into Scripture, you'll find that things aren't always black and white. That's why it's so important to walk, again, in the Spirit. We want to walk in the Spirit. So just let me give you some of these contrasts. In Acts chapter 9, verse 23, Paul was being hunted for preaching the gospel. So other believers, as he was kind of hiding in a, in, in a house, lowered him from the window to escape them. Oh, shoo, I'm free. But in Acts 20, Paul is determined to go to Rome where he knows he's going to be arrested and ultimately killed. And then his, his friends and disciples are like, please don't go, don't go. But he went anyway. Here's two different. One, he preserved his life. The other, he laid his life down. Which one was right? Both. Because he was led of the Spirit. Acts 16, before Paul leaves on a mission with Timothy, he tells Timothy to get circumcised because he didn't want to offend the Jews they were going to preach to. And Timothy, not being circumcised, would have been offensive to them. So he says, hey, Timothy, before we go, I want you to get circumcised. Oh, okay, all right. But then in Galatians chapter 5, verse 2, this is what Paul says, mark my words. I tell you that if you let yourself be, be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. What? What's going on? Did, which one was right? Both. Because he was led of the Spirit. In Luke 22, Jesus tells the disciples, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and go buy one. So they did what he said. Then later in Luke 22, he rebukes Peter for pulling it out and using it at the Garden of Gethsemane. What, what, can you imagine? Jesus, you said go buy one, but you, we're not supposed to use it? I'm so confused. Which one was right? To buy one or to use it? I, well, we know using it wasn't, it, but they should have bought it. But Peter misunderstood. He thought, well, because I'm buying it, it must mean I should use it. And Jesus is like, no, no. Why? Because we need to be led of the Spirit. God's principles don't change, but every situation and every person and every unique individual that God shaped and fashioned and loves, we need to be led of the Spirit, not of the flesh. This is why God says in the Bible to keep in step with the Spirit. So we're called to live by the fruit of the Spirit. That's what it means to be a Christian. And we're called to serve and love one another. That's what it means to be a Christian. We're called to meet people where they are and understand where they are. This is what it means to be a Christian. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, faithfulness, kindness, and goodness. Do you have those in your life? I want to give you quickly the benefits of the fruit of the Spirit. Contrast, number one, it's unity. Wow. It's quite different than strife, I promise you that. Unity. Look at this beautiful passage out of Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Why is it so pleasant? Because for there the Lord commands the blessing. If you want the blessing of God on your life, choose to live by the Spirit and be in unity. Be in unity with people. You don't have to agree. <laughs> Please hear me. You don't have to agree in order to be in unity. There are, there, are, there are people on staff with me that we might differ on how we see things or how we should do things. But we are unified 
We're not, we're, we are unified and we're experiencing the blessing of God. What's that called? It's called spiritual maturity. That's what it's called. It's called living by the Spirit. We have unity. Number two, the benefit if, of living by the Spirit is our influence grows. Instead of it diminishing, now living by the Spirit, our influence grows. Jesus was speaking out of Matthew 5 again. After he said, you can lose your saltiness. Well, you lose your saltiness by living by the flesh. But when you live by the Spirit, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Living by the Spirit increases your influence. Number three, a benefit of living by the Spirit, it represents Christ well to our world. Instead of misrepresenting Him, it represents Him well. That's what you're called to be, a witness. Living by the Spirit allows your life to tell the world that Jesus is worth following. John 17 says this, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, speaking of our message that we share. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. Your, you living by the Spirit is what tells the world. And you being unified and you loving people. And you doing things that, that serve someone else over your own needs. Or gives peace to someone. And you do it. You're showing the world that you are in unity and you're one, and that, wow, those group of people called Christians are serving and loving each other so well. Man, what is it about them? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Number four, when you walk by the Spirit, it softens others' hearts to receive truth. Now, remember, you walk by the flesh, it stiffens them. It hardens their heart. But when you walk by the Spirit, it softens their heart. They're, they're, they're open. So here's the deal. What is the greatest thing you can offer the world? What do you possess in your life as the greatest thing you could give to the world? It's the gospel. And when you walk by the Spirit, truth connects with a searching heart. Love softens hearts. Love ministers to hearts. Condemnation, judgment, the flesh hardens hearts. We know this, John chapter 3, listen to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, one and only, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now listen, for God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world. The spirit of condemnation and judgment is not the spirit of Jesus, but to save the world through him. That's what it means to live by the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ over 2,000 years ago has softened, from that time has softened the hardest of hearts. And our attitudes are to do, this, do the same to other people around us because we care. Living in the fruit of the Spirit, number five, it softens our hearts to receive correction. When you live by the flesh, uh-uh, my way or the highway. It's got to be what I want. But a spirit that's led, a heart that's led by the spirit, totally open to receive correction. 
Proverbs chapter 9. Look at this. Instruct the wise, and they'll be wiser. In other words, they're, they're, they're correctable. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. This is what God's called us to be. If the life, the life of the Spirit is a teachable spirit, it's a teachable heart, it's open for correction. Number six, the Spirit cultivates relationships. The other way, it poisons them. This cultivates relationships. This makes room for other people in your life that maybe think differently about a pandemic. Think differently about mass. Think differently about what is and what isn't. The Spirit gives room for your relationship to continue to be cultivated. The fruit of the Spirit cultivates relationships. That's the fruit of Christ. Look at, our, look at what God calls us to out of Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay. What does it mean? Who being in very nature did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Wait a minute. Wait. This, this, is our, this is our example? That's what it says. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Look at this. In your relationships with one another. Is this how you're interacting with people? The way that Jesus would interact with people? Is this how you're interacting with your own brothers and sisters in Christ who differ? If it's not, it's time to just seek the Lord. Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. And the last one is this, living by the Spirit will allow you to live life to the fullest. This passage of Jesus has always been something I've anchored my life to. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and they will have it more abundantly. The life of the Spirit is a life that's abundant. One of the major things that the fruit of the Spirit does in our lives is that it infuses life into our relationships. A person who is led by the flesh and arguing and angry and quarrelsome and gossiping, if you were to lean into their life, you would find they don't have very close relationships. I'm telling you the truth. Maybe that's you today. Listen, it's time to open your heart to the Holy Spirit to be a person that cultivates relationships through the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit follows the truth of 1 Peter 2 and says to show respect to everyone. And when you do that, it infuses life into your relationships. The fruit of the Spirit embraces 1 Corinthians 13 that says love does not demand its own way. And that infuses life into relationships. God is using this season. My friend, listen to me. He's using this to reveal to us if we're living by the Spirit or living by the flesh. Let me ask you some questions today. Is God revealing areas right now that you recognize, man, I'm living by the flesh? Well, first off, join the crowd. <laughs> Take a number, get in line. We're all there. But that's the Word of God. That's why we look at it and then we're like, okay, God, examine me. 
Is the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life? It's okay. You need to take an evaluation. You know, it is in these areas, but these areas, man, I've allowed the pressures of this situation to bring things out of me. That I, oh, man. Lord, help me. You might say, yeah, I want more of the fruit of the Spirit. And let me just tell you something. The fruit of the Spirit grows gradually and painfully at times. But the beautiful thing is as you submit to Jesus... He produces fruit over time. And as we yield to the Spirit, as we yield to Him, we put to death the flesh in our lives. Please hear me today. Our life is not this tug of war where we, from flesh to spirit, okay? You need to understand you have victory over the flesh. Paul was reminding you and reminding this church that you have an identity. You're not hopeless you're not a victim in, in a battle of your flesh. You're not powerless. No, you are not powerless. The good news is that because you belong to Jesus, you don't have to be dominated by your flesh. But you do have to keep submitting your flesh. Keep crucifying your flesh to the Spirit. Because you and your flesh have parted ways. It no longer is who you are. Something has already happened decisively for your life at the cross. Christ won the ultimate battle. And now we got to deal with this until we get to heaven. But it's just one of those things. That's why we crucify our flesh. You are a new creation and the Lord has given you power over it. So you have the power by the grace of Jesus Christ to slay the flesh. It will be a daily battle. But you have the power to do it. Listen to me today, friends. The church is not to be like the world. We're not. We're not to be quarreling, bickering over silly stuff. We're to be honoring and loving and caring, understanding where, other, where someone else is, carrying each other's burdens, speaking life into other people, being Jesus to one another. And the scripture says that when we do this, when we show unity, that we will be saying to the world, Jesus is exactly who he said he was, and Jesus is the Savior that you need. I don't know where you are today, but I can probably guarantee that all of us need to look at these two, these two things. What is it in your life that you realize, man, I have just been just sucked in to the flesh of this world. You acknowledge it, and you just come before the Lord. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me. Lord, I want to be a woman of the Spirit. I want to be a man of the Spirit. I want to be a one that emulates who you are out of Philippians. I want to be that person. And the Lord will meet you today. This is an incredible truth for us as believers. Listen, we're going to be coming back together as a church over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about all this. And we need to make sure we have the right spirit and how we do everything. We're going to do this through the spirit, not through the flesh. And so the Lord is inviting us to take a step forward and to be what he's called us to be. And to live the life that is actually abundant. Let me pray for you today. Father, I know that this message is very challenging. But, Lord, we make a commitment today that we are going to be people of the Spirit. 
We're going to be people that sees relationships the way you see them. We're going to see, be people that understand and respect and honor. We're going to be people of love out of 1 Corinthians 13 that understands love perseveres. Love doesn't consider its own way. Love doesn't demand its own way. That love conquers all. Lord, today we're choosing to be people of the Spirit. So, Lord, today I pray in every room, every person watching this, that right now through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would receive the grace of God and you would understand that Jesus has given you victory over the flesh. And so today we repent. Lord, forgive me. Today we're walking fresh and anew in the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're joining us today, and you've never given your life to Jesus and you want a new life, this is your moment right here. Listen to me, this is your moment. You may have wondered why you were watching. This is why, right now. If you know that you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't know if you were to die right now, if you'd go to heaven or hell, because I'll tell you this, hell is real. That heaven is waiting for you if you are willing to put your faith in what Jesus offers you today. And if you want to become a child of God and be saved and be given a new life, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. I believe you died for me. And I know that you're drawing me near to you today. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I put my faith in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you've given your life to Jesus today and you just prayed that prayer, there's a number on the screen. I want you to, to, to text SAVED to that number right now. Pause it, whatever you need to do. You text SAVED to that number right now, and we want to help you along the journey. Well, my friends, I want you to know I love you. So grateful for you. So grateful for us as a community, as believers moving forward in our journey with God. Please hear my heart to you today. I love you, and I care for you, and our, our staff loves you and cares for you. We're on a journey. We'll get there and we'll be better on the other side. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.